KG, and this is not safe for networks. Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. I'm Carl. So Carl's sitting in with us again. Uh, we're hot off our heels of getting third place in a trivia contest. Oh, you dick. I gotta edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I'll leave it in. <laughs> anyway. That uh, was me opening my victory beer. Yeah. Yeah, we're drinking a six-pack we won at the Lewis and Clark Brewery. So <laughs> we also won five draft beers and a nacho. So... Haven't cashed in the nachos yet, but we will. Oh, yes. It's coming eventually. <laughs> Maybe I'll like bring it here for the next podcast. Just like these cold ass nachos <laughs> that are stuck together. And then they can listen to us chew on nachos throughout the podcast. <laughs> Dude, we proved that out of 25 teams of people, we were the third best at 90s trivia. That's something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. S- we I- pulled some names of children off tv shows out of our asses oh yeah dude you came up with one you didn't even think was the answer you, you're like <laughs> yeah. this fresh prince of bel-air we we're trying to come up with the kids and we knew hillary and carlton and then you were like it's something generic like ashley and we were running out of time so i just put down <laughs> ashley and then i don't remember what the fourth one was but we didn't know i think that. it was baby mickey yeah, and Something then we fact. also miss Leon Leon Rhymes being the most or the the best new artist of 1996 or something like that, best female artist according <laughs> to Rolling Stone. Anyway, there's a couple we missed, but dude, we nailed some, including like I remember Jack Kemp was Bob Dole's running mate. That was where I was <laughs> impressed with myself. Brandon remembered Mark McGuire played for the St. Louis Cardinals. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know how I remembered that one though. How? It was because of The Simpsons. Because they had that episode <laughs> where Mark McGuire shows up like after the satellite crashes. And it's like that uh, Major League Baseball satellite. So he like, and it like had all this readout and he like stuffs it under his hat. And he's like, who wants to see me hit some dingers? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the one where, um, like, I, I can't remember exactly what's going on, but Mr. Burns has a baseball team and then he hires some ringers and they're all professional baseball players. And they have this part where they're showing up to the game and like Bart's taunting Daryl Strawberry and he's like, Daryl, Daryl. And then his mom's like, that's really mean. And she's like, he's like, mom, these are professional baseball players. They're used to getting yelled at all the time. You just see him rolling a tear as he's saying Daryl. <laughs> Wasn't Wade Boggs in that one? Probably. <laughs> Was he drinking 110 beers? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, let's start with some news. So I don't know who this is, but you said Harlan Ellison died? Yeah. Oh, really? He's a, he, he's a uh, famed writer. Okay. Um, wrote some of the best... Uh, I think one of the best episodes of Star Trek. Okay. 
Um, Which one? The City on the Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, shit. That is one of the best ones. That's one of the ones that Quentin Tarantino may or may not be turning into a movie. Because they keep mentioning it's either City on the Edge of Tomorrow or Yesterday's Enterprise. So, Yeah. And I just watched that episode today. like Just because I found out he had passed away. Um, and like that episode is great. So to break down that episode, um, just real quick, they end up finding this like time portal and they go back to like early 1930s, like during the depression and Kirk falls in love with this girl played by Joan Collins. Okay. Um, and She's like running this like soup kitchen and like a real peace hearted soul. And like they find out that she is, um, die is supposed to die like later that or during the time that they're there. And so originally they something happened where she didn't die. So it changes the timeline. And because she's such a kind hearted soul, she talks, uh, FDR into like not going to war against Germany and like Uh having a peace. (laughs) So the Nazis, so the Nazis take over everything. Yeah. I'm remembering this now. And, but the way it's written it, I mean, it's as good today as it was in 1968. Yeah. No, that's that's what I've tried to say. Um, like, me and Eli have arguments about this a lot, but, like, <clears throat> he kind of thinks the original series was garbage, and I'm like, no, man. I mean, like, it's old. It's really old, but there's some really, really good episodes that have, like, spawned so much, um, I don't know, just, like, so much science fiction based off of, like, certain episodes. Like, anytime you see a bad guy with a goatee, that's because of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so originally he didn't get paid for that writing that episode and he took Gene Roddenberry to court and they settled out of court over that. Did they take Gene Roddenberry or Paramount? Uh, according to this article, it was Gene, Gene Roddenberry. Roddenberry. Okay. Cause those two after that episode fought each other. I mean, not necessarily in court, but just like. A lot of bad blood there for years. Yeah, Gene Roddenberry isn't something somebody I'd necessarily say was a good person. Like, <laughs> everything I've heard about him has not been that great. But he did come up with a good show. Um, he wrote another uh, shorts or a book called The Demon with the Glass Hand that he took... Um, Uh, God, what was his name? The Terminator director, James Cameron, James Cameron, took him to court over because it was the basis for the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. So, was there anything that that uh, stuck out in your head when you heard his name? Well, I looked him up real quick on Wikipedia to see what I knew of from him, and there was a a weird story that he wrote called. I have no mouth and I must scream. Okay. And it's about these like five people that are being trapped in 
and never-ending hell by an all-knowing computer. And it actually got adapted into a video game in 1995 that's like a text-based game. And he provided the voice to the game himself. And then uh, he wrote a short story called A Boy and His Dog. Oh, my dad has that That was adapted into a Don Johnson movie. And there's also like a comic book version that I remember checking out from the library when I was a kid here in town. And it was way graphic for my age. Like there's a there's a girl that he encounters and I think she gets raped and she winds up dying. And he has like, you know, the he can talk to the dog. Like him and the dog have this weird telepathic like bond. But uh I always liked the comic aside from that kind of I was probably just too young for it when I first found it in the library. So some among his other writing is uh he wrote for The Flying Nun, uh Route sixty six, The Outer Limits, the Alfred Hitchcock Hitchcock Hour, um, Babylon Five. <laughs> like I mean he was a legend as far as sci-fi writing goes yeah i just read he also marched in selma um with martin luther king so probably an all right dude also just read known for his combative personality (laughs) (laughs) apparently the dude spent a lot of time in court (laughs) well moving on let's go to some superhero stuff if that's all right all Uh, right So Kevin Feige was just giving some interviews for Ant-Man and the Wasp. And uh, none of this has to do with Ant-Man and the Wasp, but they always ask him about a lot of stuff. And so here's some little snippets that I pulled out. Um, They were asking him again, like if Fox, Disney winds up buying Fox, will you work them into the, you know, like the, the characters into the movies soon? And he said that it would probably be a few years before he'd be able to integrate anything. So don't expect any X-Men or Fantastic Four to cross over right away. I know a lot of people are holding their breath, but it's not happening. Well, you know, they've never been known to rush into things. Yeah. They've been pretty good at being patient with layering elements in. It took them a long time to introduce anything remotely close to magic. They kind of explained what is usually magic in the comics for Asgard. As they turned science. that into technology for sure. Yeah. And uh, kind of waved magic away until Doctor Strange and other <laughs> kind of got to lean back into it. And then concepts like the microverse, they left out of the first Ant-Man, but they kind of teased at it. Yeah. Well, kind of. He went. He went into it for a brief, like the quantum realm, is what you're talking about. Oh, that's what they call it in this. He went into it for a very brief moment. I like microverse, miniverse, miniverse. That's right. (laughs) Maybe DC's got the microverse, and (laughs) MC or Marvel's got miniverse, and then quantum realm in the MCU. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's our. Technology or terminology corner for comic book lingo. As long as it's not many chlorians, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Although no, they're I guess the wills. They could do many chlorians if they wanted to, because they do own Star Wars too. The wills are like. <sighs> <laughs> 
the spirits that control the midichlorians or something i read about yeah oh we talked about it yeah you were here weren't you when we talked about that i think i told that story no way (laughs) (laughs) i had taken it down to my notes and everything man it it was painful retyping it out well control c control v-ing it anyway Uh, um go ahead so i did never mind go ahead okay i lost it uh so they also announced uh tom holland unknown whether he did it on purpose or not but uh the new (laughs) spider-man movie is called far from home and uh jake gyllenhaal is gonna play mysterio have you you seen any of the fan art that's come out for far from home like no movie posters and stuff no oh man it's so great they show like this uh Martian like landscape with like a pile of dust in the middle of it (laughs) in the shape of a spider (laughs) that is pretty great (laughs) I mean there's a lot of stuff like that but I know you had some thoughts on this Carl because you kept talking about the title and what they were going to do with it oh yeah like I mean the title implies that he's not going to be in New York at all right like I've heard that it means he's going on the road to like gonna go to China and Japan well, and I India know and- I know they have the uh studio or the studio where they ju- the, they're starting filming I think today on on it and uh, they're usually based in in Georgia but they're based in London right now. Ooh, London swinging off the Big Ben. Possibly, or it could be that they're using like Pinewood Studios or something like that because they film a lot of different movies in Pinewood Studios and Disney uses those for Star Wars as well. So it, it's not a long shot to think that they're they're filming stuff in Pinewood, which means they could be aping for anywhere in the world. We're going to see all the sets. Spiderweb swing on... The Big Ben and the Eiffel Tower and the friggin' Sphinx. I would love a scene if he's, like, on a field trip for school or something. Like, maybe they they take a trip to Europe and uh, they get stuck in in that roundabout. And they're like, hey, kids, Big Ben, Parliament, like, over and over again. (laughs) Little European vacation joke there. I wonder how... uh, Eric Idle's best vacation movie ever. I wonder how they work <laughs> my, ri, Mysterio into the into the story, like who he will be. Yeah, how he crosses paths. Like traditionally, he's a Hollywood uh, special effects artist who went crazy. Yeah, and turned <laughs> to crime. <laughs> so he's American, and we know that because Gyllenhaal is American, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless he's playing British or Chinese. Oh, please don't let him be playing Chinese. Oh, God. <laughs> or a Prince of Persia. Yeah, that's a good point, dude. Whoop. I can't believe he was Prince of Persia. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Did you ever watch that movie? I did not. No, you could see the writing on the wall from the trailer like everybody else, dude. Yeah. That's why that movie made $50 in its opening weekend. It was just the parents of the director. Oh, it it was colorful, honey. (laughs) You did your best. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> you really did your best. So, um, I was reading a, uh, um, and a uh, article was about a uh, a uh, idea of what they're uh, doing for Avengers Four. This is just a fan theory. Okay. Um, that. When Thanos snapped his finger, he created two separate universes. So half of the people went to one universe and half went to the other. So they're alive and well in the other universe. Did they use the term ultimate? Nobody used that, but I remember. <laughs> okay, just checking. Just seeing how crazy this theory is. Um, yeah, I don't buy it. I think Thanos is a uh, douchey. And was just straight up trying to kill everybody. That's my theory. I yeah, know. I think that they're dead because, I mean, they didn't, like, vanish or get teleported away. They got turned into dust. So they're, like, their bodies are kind of still there. Like, when you cremate a person, their body's still there, but it's a pile of ash. I think that's kind of what happened to them in the movie. That's what it looks like that happens to them. they yeah. Or just like being torn apart at a molecular level. Or maybe they were they were switching places with a giant dust bin in another universe, right? Uh <laughs> it's like a, a parallel universe where people are piles of ash. Yeah, and then if you go inside that the people that are actually around that aren't piles of ashes have goatees and are evil. That's that's <laughs> what this other universe Thanos created. Well is. it would make sense if this alternate universe had uh had sentient uh ash people the the laws of physics would probably need to work in a way that it would allow for less gravity so maybe when they get teleported to the marvel universe gravity's so strong that they're just kind of forced down into a clump and they can't move they're just sort of trapped so they can't communicate and so they're actually sentient, ash sentient people dust. that are trapped <laughs> by the different laws of physics that are just incompatible with their existence. That's why you need Batman in the Marvel Universe now is because he could just hydrate them and turn them back into people. Aquaman? No, what? Batman the movie. <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> Was it, have you ever seen the old Batman movie? With uh, like Adam with West the shark and Ward. Yes, that's the one. Is there surfing competition? If, if you were, if you remember the whole, <laughs> the whole object of the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddler, and the Joker is to take all of um, the United Nations and dehydrate them, <laughs> which turns them into different colored dusts on chair, on chairs, and then so Batman eventually rehydrates them. He like hooks them all up <laughs> okay. to like <laughs> like these tubes, each and then they're all back in their chair arguing with each other. That represents a different country is a different color of. Oh, color. dude, and it is. It was like worst. purple, yellow, green, like really yeah. bright colors. Yeah, and it is like the worst stereotype of like each country too. <laughs> like you have like. <laughs> there's like a South American one and he's got like tons of medals and like <laughs> just like arguing big mustache and like you know what I mean it's like every stereotype of like a world leader that you could think of 
Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so another thing Kevin Feige said is there will be at least two LGBT characters in the MCU coming down the pike. One we already know and one will be introduced. So <laughs> I hope this isn't like pussying out and like saying like, oh yeah, that character is gay and just never um, delivering on that. Like they did because this, the speculation is Valkyrie is the one is the one we already know. Because they filmed scenes where she was lesbian and then they cut it from the movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, could, I think Valkyrie's bi. Or maybe it was bisexual. In the comics yeah. and in the movies, it's implied that she can have a relationship with either gender. Yeah. But I mean, really, when you get to a cosmic deal in the, the world, you've got like different... You're talking different alien species and who knows how they reproduce. And, you know, they've clearly gotten when you're you're starting to explore interspecies relationships. Well, here's uh, here's the thing. Gay and straight seems a little like passe and bland at that point. Like, isn't that didn't we cover that two billion light years ago? Yeah. And the thing is, too, is like (laughs) Valkyrie is out as guardian. And, like, Thor and Jane Foster, they like to fuck, dude. <laughs> like, we've seen that. So, I mean, we didn't see that, but... She thirsts for him. I read fan Visibly. <laughs> <laughs> she visibly, like, clenches her lips and bites her lips and stuff when she looks at his torso in scenes of the movie. I mean, so, so you know I, she but... wants... She's, like... She's not in it for the conversation. No. She wants Thor's hammer. <laughs> That's all that it is. Um, so moving on to Sony, who's doing not the gods work. Uh, they are developing Silk, which is a character that was brought up in uh, the Spider-Verse thing in the comics. Yeah. So this is kind of interesting. I don't know that there's a ton to this character yet, but I guess that gives them a lot of leeway to screw it up because Avi Arad is producing it. And he's, he screws with just about everything. So, uh, dude with a 90 sensibility to comic book movies. That's just what we need. <laughs> but she would be the first Korean character, assuming that they don't whitewash her. Which, you know, I'm not ready to make that assumption yet. We'll see. Oh, I wouldn't go that route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a fairly new character, too. So, to whitewash her would be a weird decision. I mean, like, she kind of exists to add diversity to the spider verse yeah and i read like i was playing this dumb spider-man mobile game at the time that the whole spider-verse uh event was happening and i read about it a lot and i read a few issues here and there there's a lot if you it's take them all huge in. like i had the marvel unlimited app so it would like show the checklist of all the ones for the next month to check out. So I would like go and check out each one. Like I managed to read everything, but if I hadn't had that app, there's just no fucking way. Yeah. Cause it was like 35 issues or something altogether. Good Lord. I mean, if you want to read the main story, it's like eight issues, but all the side stuff ties into the main story. And I am a completist at heart. So, so it's a weird thing too. Cause like I, I totally get that stories can evolve. And that's, I'm fine with what they're doing, Spider-Man. I'm not, like, invested enough to really care. 
But it's interesting because traditionally Spider-Man has always like he was created by science mm-hmm. and his villains are science or tech based. And uh, it always has this kind of element of like science. The, yeah. Like the ethical moral dilemmas that characters have, the challenges are overcome by, you know, debating, you know, the, the-, the ethics of, of science, not like, mystical things or anything of that nature but then the spider-verse sort of retcons what spider-man is so it goes back farther than that though this is like that was the end point of a story that they've been telling since the late 90s with like the the weaver of the worlds or whatever Yeah. yeah madam web um, it started with her, and then they like explored this whole thing around the time the f- the very first Spider-Man movie came out, the Sam Raimi one. Um, like it explored him basically like being a totem, <laughs> yeah, for the for the spiders, and uh, they did this whole thing where he was like killed and then like reborn, and when he was reborn, he had organic web shooters. And that was just Marvel's clever way of being like, look, it's just like the movies now. (laughs) Yeah. So like, yeah, this in order to make the comics line up with the movies, they introduced this whole spiritual element. Yes. Where now there's like the spider spirit. And they had it before, but like they they were touching on it before, but they used it to bring it to to match it up with the movie. If that and it was, I'm sure that before that it was just kind of like some random story element that one writer came up with to tell a one issue and like a one off thing. The way that they used to have those weird, they would make up Superman powers back in the day just to get him through the story yeah well i think like it always seemed like it was a bigger long arcing thing and i don't know that the writers initially had an end game for it if i'm being honest i think it's one of those things where they were like intentionally vague because like they would have a story but then it would have this like all all of the stuff of like this isn't over kind of thing you know what I mean? Like it was, it, and like they would do that for a long time. But the Spider Verse story, I feel like, like closed the page on it. Like they're like, this story's done now. So it only took them like eighteen years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're talking to Spider Man fan from way back, dude. But I, but you're talking about the tech based stuff. That was absolutely true for a while. But I mean, when I started reading Spider Man in the '80s, he had villains like the Puma, who was um a native american uh villain and he like wait was it the puma god i want to say it was a puma but maybe it's something else but basically like he would do like um like he would go around a fire and take these like these like serums and stuff and then go on like a um what do you call it uh you know when you like take peyote or whatever Yeah, vision quest. He would take a vision quest, and then that was how he became how he would become the Puma every time, and would go and fight Spider Man. And so, like, they already had the magic stuff at least within the eighties. 
But you're right, initially, and all the villains that you know are Spider-Man villains that everybody knows, like, they're, they all tend to be tech-based yeah. somewhat. Um, I'm just saying, like, over the years, you had so many writers go through there that brought different things. That Well, which ones that are specifically Spider-Man villains, which ones aren't tech-based? Okay, Oh, I mean, there's a lot of them that don't use technology. No, they don't, really but they were created by technology. Well, there's like Tombstone, who's a mobster. He was a big villain in the 80s. Um, and he's he looks like Frankenstein's mobster. If he's a mobster, mobster he's, he's probably... Just, he's just a big... In lots and, of Punisher and Daredevil yeah. comics. Uh, Kingpin was originally a, a Spider-Man villain. I mean, they used him oh, more he's for straight Daredevil. Up, he's a tech guy, though. He's like a... He's evil uh, Steve Jobs. Later he is. Originally he's just a mob boss. Like originally yeah. he's just a mob boss. So and that one, the spider technology effect worked in reverse where he kind of became more tech based in order to fall in line with the rest of the villains. Okay, Hobgoblin has an interesting trajectory. Uh, Hobgoblin started out as a thief who stole the Green Goblin's gear. And then I guess just made it brown. (laughs) And then eventually, I think they decided he was too close to the Green Goblin when they wanted to bring the Green Goblin back. Because they had like Harry Osborn eventually becomes a Green Goblin. And so what they did was like he made a deal with the devil. And then all of a sudden was like, and I think ever since has been like kind of a demon. Uh, So Ghost Rider. Kind, but he's not good. <laughs> uh, Carrion was. Um, I That's think not was a big enough. Nobody knows who that guy. I is. know, but I'm just. I'm going. Th- you asked me specifically, so I'm telling you. Like the ones you know of Spider-Man, they're pretty much all tech-based. What's this? What about the, even the vampire Morbius? That's all science experiment gone wrong. Yes, it is. Interesting, you brought up Mo- Mobius because that's where I was going next. Uh, <laughs> So they're making that Morbius movie. Um, guess who's playing Morbius according to Variety? Oh God, I saw this. <laughs> Motherfucking. Thirty seconds to Mars. Jared Leto. Oh, he's he's Morbius, huh? Yeah. So they're gonna like tinge his skin kind of bluish, and this oh, he's is... gonna have that. Uh, I hope he has like real big collar. I hope he has like a really tall big collar. Oh, I hope he's got a funny voice <laughs> and tattoos. <laughs> they should like give have him a grill. Him, they should give have him, him a grill with the grill with fangs. They should have him inhale helium for every take and have like a <laughs> helium voice. <laughs> it's weird because I never hated Jared Leto before Batman v Superman, but now I've like lost all hope that <laughs> he can yeah. even act in anything. Yeah, it's all because of this behind-the-scenes stories too. It's not yeah. even his performance on screen. I could care. That's less a good about part that. of it, but like behind the scenes is definitely a big part. It's of it. the reason why I feel just icky about him being on a project is like, what's he going to do to those other poor people that I, <laughs> that I actually, like? I mean, it was, he's going method as a vampire. What's where's that oh, going to yeah, go? He's going to bite somebody. <laughs> he's going to give somebody a disease or something. Hunt a virus. 
That's a weird thing in the comics too, was initially he would just he had these little like kind of suckers on his hand. Oh no, yeah, like, I hope they go that route. And he would touch them and that was how he got blood from him, because he wasn't actually a vampire, he just it's lived like a, like a vampire. Thing, right? Yeah. But then eventually in the comics they just basically did away with that and turned him into a full on vampire. Who is alive. <laughs> Well, and then, like, there are vampires in Marvel that yeah. are not, like, Morbius as Blade. well. Blade. Just things. Yeah, because Blade isn't. So, you've got to have, uh, like, you got to have. It's so weird to think that, like, there's so many different Marvel comics that on one world, you've got all this shit going on constantly. Like, no matter where you're no, you're not safe anywhere in the world, <laughs> but in especially the in New like York. if you're just a regular especially New York. person, like New York, you're and, in so yeah, much every more borough danger. has a different catastrophe happening, like at the same time <laughs> on a weekly basis. <laughs> I've heard, and then you go to the great lakes and you've got great lakes adventures stories happening on a weekly basis. And then you go to the West coast and the runaways are running around and the freaking West Coast Avengers. Yeah, the West Coast. <laughs> somehow Hawkeye is in New York and in LA at the same time. And there's more more than one Hawkeye, too. There's Kate Bush Hawkeye and then there's Clint Barton Hawkeye. Not Kate Bush. That's Kate Bush is that singer girl. Kate but You something. lost me, dude, because I never read West Coast Avengers to even begin with, so I the, just had no idea. There's been a bunch of, like, the Hawkeye name's been on a couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, this is, I, but then like, then you what's think, Jared Leto so all this, do? there's like <laughs> alien invasions happening and there's like the hand is doing shit and Hydra's doing shit and aim's doing shit. And then you've got vampires too. <laughs> <laughs> like what the, sh- what the fuck is going on in this world? Yeah. <laughs> Non-stop action, man. And if you really it think about ends. it, if you really think about <laughs> it, Star Wars is owned by Disney and they do the comics. So a long time before that in a galaxy far, far away, there's all the Star Wars shit. That's so there still might be Jedi's running around. That's a prequel to all of it. Yeah, and then in space you have Oh yeah, space. Don't even get me There's so much cosmic space. shit going on. There's a whole negative zone thing. Ugh. A nihilist? That's a good storyline. They'll get there eventually, dude. They will get to a nihilist eventually. Mark my words. MCU is going to do a nihilist. We'll see. Over a long enough timeline, I wouldn't doubt it. Within 10 years, they'll do a nihilist. It'll be the end of the big phase two or the big phase. Wait. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we were long. It'll be the next infinity war. (laughs) I think we're in phase four right now. Yeah, we just finished phase three, so. Everything here out is phase four. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp is the first one of phase four. They yeah. do. They would have to do a lot of more building to get Annihilus because you have to have Galactus or you can't even do the storyline because they and they might have Galactus eventually. Do they? They are damn sure gonna do Galactus correctly. <laughs> Just years. a giant dude in a purple suit. Mm. It would be perfect. Dude, we've all we know it could work because dude, if anybody can do it, James Gunn can do it. Man, he's proved that it can be done. You've got nowhere, the giant head, you've got like 
Eco, yeah, you can totally do Galactus. Uh, Kevin Smith did an interview with uh, the writers of Infinity War a little while ago, and uh, they were asking like for characters that they would love to do that they haven't gotten to do. And they they wanted to do Modok so bad, but they just like they were like at the end of the day we just didn't see the right opportunity to work in Modok. They got so close with Arnim Zola. Yeah, do you know who Modok is? Probably? Oh yeah, I know. yeah, the flying <laughs> baby head, baby body, head, head, <laughs> head, giant head crazy. on a TV screen in its chest. Yeah. No, no, that's that's Krang. That's Krang from no, I know the, that's a brain. That's not a baby head. Yeah, I but don't... it's like it's its whole torso is its face, and then it's got arms coming off the side, and it's got yeah. legs coming off the bottom. But like the whole <laughs> the little jet pack. Yeah, it doesn't have a head that comes off the torso. The head, the face is in the torso. Is the whole torso? Yeah, it's got yeah. a giant face. Uh, it's like the size of the torso. I want a Modok movie. <laughs> yeah. oh, he'd so be a great villain just make a just make an animated modok mo- movie like i know we're not gonna get the actual movie so just give me something animated with modok so i was thinking that we should pretend that the punisher uh series that happened on netflix never happened and then retroactively just say that john wick is an alter ego it's oh, like Frank Castle. Frank Castle and that he's been undercover. Like Frank Castle faked his death and he's been John Wick for like 10 years. And now he's ready to come back and be Frank Castle again. And we make Keanu Reeves <laughs> Frank Castle. <laughs> he's keep, kind of proved that he can do it. Keep Keanu Reeves away from my Marvel movies, dude. <laughs> and then we should bring in Nicolas Cage and he should be... Uh, who could Nicolas Cage Ghost be? Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. Yes. But he I wasn't mean, in the MCU. I really like Gabriel That was Luna. a universal thing. Oh, right. I like Gabriel, the guy that plays Ghost Rider in the, in the and Agents the, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Shield. Yeah, he was great. And he looked great. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, the Academy... Uh, for motion picture arts or whatever the fuck the guys who do the Oscars, so they set out 928 <laughs> invitations and in, uh, uh, to, or to get new members to join. And there are some like notable names in there too. Like I noticed uh, Camille Nanunji mm-hmm. was in there. I noticed Dave Chappelle. Those are the two that really stood out to me. But basically, an attempt to like make the Academy younger and more diversified. Uh, they apparently sent out. 683 in 2016, which was right after that Oscar is so white thing. And then uh, 774 last year. So they are no Jordan Peele got one. What's that? You know, Jordan Peele got one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think he was already. David DuVernay, she got one. Yeah. So um, that's good. Like, we will hopefully not get another travesty. Like, get out not winning. (laughs) That pissed me off. I like the shape of water and all, but we need to get past this, like, every time it's about movie making, we're going to give it best picture. It, uh, yeah. yeah, whenever it celebrates, whenever they're patting themselves on the back with it. <laughs> we may not be able to get past that, actually, because the, <laughs> Emmys, the Emmys were the same, or the, the Grammys are the same. No, Emmys. The Emmys are the same way, too. Like, 
if it's a show about a TV show, they're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yes, we love like 30 Rock. I love oh, 30 Rock, <laughs> but like 30 Rock won year after year after year. And there were some years where like, you know, maybe Parks and Rec or something like the that. The Aaron but, Sorkin uh, uh, Network one, right? That uh, one the was beloved. Sunset Boulevard or whatever. Or at Sunset Stage, live on Sunset Boulevard. I don't know. It was it was a Saturday Night Live Studio show. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, I think that's, that's not it. what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the one that had uh, that had the dumb Dumb and Dumber guy in it. Oh, and he has that the cool, one about the news. Yeah, it's like yeah. called the Network or something. No, like that. no, no, no. But it's it was on HBO. Yeah. And, uh, it, like, there's one particular scene that kind of went viral on YouTube where he's talking about how America's not the greatest country in the world. And some girl is, like, asks him, why do you think it's the greatest country? And he's like, that's a stupid question. And then he just goes on this rant. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's kind of why I don't check out Aaron Sorkin show anymore <laughs> because they all tend to be super preachy. Yeah, they are. And like, I agree with it a lot of the time, but I'm just sick of like hearing him talk down to me <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. super fast dialogue where they walk down a hallway. You know, <laughs> I've seen it a lot. Have you ever seen that Aaron Sorkin supercut somebody did on YouTube? One long hallway. Yeah, basically, it's like this cut of all these people walking down hallways really fast, and they'll say some phrase, and it'll show like every single show he's done, and they'll say the same phrase like over and over again. <laughs> That's how they talk in his world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are going to be excited about this. There's a new movie that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, it's called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot. <laughs> And then Bigfoot? And then Bigfoot. He's so. like, shit, I got Hitler in the bag. Where do I go next? <laughs> Fucking Bigfoot. So here's the synopsis. Sam Elliott stars as oh, Legend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing that, that now. I was trying to remember. Sam, Sam Elliott stars as legendary World War II veteran who many years ago assassinated Adolf Hitler, an incredible secret that he's frustratingly unable to share with the world. One day, just as he's coming to terms with rounding out his life, Calvin gets a visit from the FBI and the Royal Canadian Mountie Police. They need him to take out Bigfoot. This wondrous feature debut from writer-director Robert D. Krasowski... Features visual effects by celebrated two-time Academy Award winner Douglas Tremble, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Blade Runner. Also co-produced alongside John Sayles, Eight Men Out, and Lucky Mackie, The Woman. A fantastical discourse on the melancholy of old age and a singular blast of entertaining wit. The man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot also stars Adrian Turner, Caitlin Fitzgerald, and Ron Livingston. (laughs) Yes. What is this, dude? Like, oh. like you you read the title and you're like, this is wacky shit. And then you read the synopsis and you're like, sounds like they're getting kind of serious with this. But then you realize Ron Livingston's in it. It's like, hold on a second. <laughs> it is a brilliant concept for a movie. A guy has the biggest secret in the world. And right when he comes to terms with the having the biggest secret in the world, he suddenly... Has now a secret that's even bigger than that one. 
that he has to keep. He has to kill something that most people don't believe in. Right? I mean, but people... Yeah. So, if it came out that he killed Bigfoot, that would then reveal the existence of Bigfoot. Right. Which is an even bigger secret than... Everybody knew Hitler was real. (laughs) I just... I really hope that... uh, they really groom Sam Elliott's mustache properly for this one. I want kind of like neatly trimmed at the beginning, but then when he's out in the wild, I want it to just get crazier and matted. Like I want a matted mustache by the end of the movie. Maybe as he's going mad trying to track Bigfoot. (laughs) I'm excited for this. The title alone has sold me a ticket. Yeah. Getting Sam Elliott has assured that well, I might see it twice, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say I'll take my family, but I don't think my wife will go even with movie pass. <laughs> I think the title will scare her away. Uh. <laughs> she doesn't like movies like I do. Uh, let's see. So you had some news on The Purge, Brandon? So they just announced, uh, they dropped a trailer for The Purge TV show. Which will be <laughs> debuting this fall. Um, oh, yeah. Like, what happens the other days of the year or something? It's kind of like there's different, like, factions and cults that, like, worship the Purge Day, I guess, and, like, <laughs> build up. I guess it kind of follows that. I I don't know where they're going with it. Have you seen any of these movies? None. <laughs> Why did None. you want to bring this up? <laughs> Just because it's out there and it like they got the purge next purge movie coming, the first purge, yeah, coming out next week. Have you seen any of these, Carl? I've seen all of them. Uh, they actually get better with each one. So far, they've gotten better. Are they good? Um, yeah, actually, I, I had think to they're... ask because you just watched the second Wishmaster movie when you clearly did not like the first. <laughs> I hate Wishmaster. <laughs> I ran on a rant about Wishmaster once when I was on here. Yeah, I don't know if I want to rant about Wishmaster too. I mean, they just—they don't say I wish ever. <laughs> what the hell? Is, why does he even call himself a wishmaster? Why does he say Grant's wishes if they're not saying I wish? They're just like a lot of times they're just like challenging him. Like, yeah, I'd like to see that, buddy. Oh, you're as you just sure I'll do it. <laughs> oh, what are who? Why? It was the 90s, Carl. It was a different time. Remember, we did trivia on that. And no Wishmaster questions. We could have won if there was just one Wishmaster question. Or Highlander, those bastards. (laughs) Yeah. Leaving out Highlander. Oh, I would have slayed a Highlander category. (laughs) As long as it wasn't the show, (laughs) then I'd be fucked. Um, Okay, so going back to the Purge thing. So you said, did you say that Jeremy Irons is No. Cast? Oh, no, that's different. Okay, that's, the Watchmen. <laughs> they right. cast the Jeremy, Jeremy Irons, Irons for is in Watchmen. Uh, yeah. They did didn't announce, they didn't announce who, who he's part. playing. Okay, so Carl had this theory. Older Ozymandias. Carl had this theory, right, that uh, was it Alan Rickman? It, Oh, it's not my theory. I read it on the internet. 
Oh. Jeremy Irons is a poor man's Alan Rickman. Right. Which I thought was hilarious because I realized that Roger Rees, who played Robin Colcord in Cheers, is the poor man's... <laughs> is the poor man's... Uh, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. So he's like two... <laughs> he's not even the poor man's... Um, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, yeah. He's, he's like step a step removed. removed. Yeah. That's real low class. <laughs> The best way to remember that Jeremy Irons is the poor man's Alan Rickman is that he plays Alan Rickman's brother in the third uh Die Hard Die Hard movie. Yeah, like he he came in later to get revenge cuz his brother died. He's not as scary as his brother. He's like half as scary as his brother cuz his brother just had to die hard, but he had to Die Hard with a Vengeance? Something like that. Yeah, he had to Simon Says a bunch of times. <laughs> he had to... Pop then, quiz, hot shot. No, yeah. that's speed. I didn't say Simon Says that time. <laughs> Man, I don't remember Die Hard with a Vengeance at all, except for Sam Jackson was in it. That's all I really remember. <laughs> Is that the one where they had to like run around New York like doing all these like weird tasks? And no, yeah. that's Home Alone 2. <laughs> and uh like at one point he had to wear oh i lost my sound again because of the silly dog oh sorry man and uh he has to put on the sandwich board and go to like harlem or whatever yeah we're okay. good and uh it says i hate you know n-word but then if you watch it on cable it's something like sandwiches suck because they have to censor it for television. That's really clever. It's never good. You know, I was Shut wondering up, about closed captioning today. You know, I want... Somebody needs to, like, start a company that's like, we do closed captioning better. Because you put subtitles on when you're watching a show. Sometimes the sentence will come up before the scene even starts and you know what's going to happen now because you can read what they're saying before they've even started talking because it's a big, long sentence. <coughs> and I was wondering if they've ever experimented with like a more real-time streaming kind of thing where like words are appearing as they're being said as opposed they to... They should do it all comic book style. S- yeah, like... <laughs> Instead of a full sentence appearing in a big bar on the screen as it's going, that's not really synced up with it at all or in time with it, what if the subtitles were, like, appearing across the screen as they're just, like, to the rhythm and the cadence of the speaking? Like, how much better would that make it? And also, not just for us as the listener, but for deaf fucking people what it's for. Yeah. I mean, I can't... I must imagine that a deaf person watching a show with subtitles is still incredibly... Like, maybe they kind of have a blind spot for it where they don't really notice it because they've never experienced it any differently. But, like... You know, I can turn the, I can mute the sound on a TV and watch it without being able to hear it. And for me, it's like a distinctly disjointed, unpleasant experience. You know, it does not match up. Yeah. And 
you know, they gotta know. If you think that's bad, try listening to a podcast if you're deaf, dude. <laughs> that's I could get away with that because I'll never <laughs> hear this. Ah, <laughs> uh, ableist humor. <laughs> <laughs> No. Would it be like just Morse code, like in like a force feedback pulse? I think you have to wait a week and then they like send you just this giant yeah, braille, braille transcript. Yeah. And it's got. Well, you don't need braille if you're deaf, damn it. It's got me going, uh, and like Oh, yeah. A they whole just bunch. send you a transcript that you read. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not blind. We're real, like, experts on dis- dis- physical disabilities here, by so the way. Do you want to know about... I, uh, I worked with blind people and deaf people for a living for a while, but I wasn't real good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. where I would wish they would use closed captioning more? Hold on. What would you wish? Closed captioning for Brandon. I wish they would use it more in bars, like where they have the sound turned off anyway. They like would just put the closed captioning on just so you could like. TVs in bars should have closed captioning on at all times. Yeah. Okay. New rule. Wait, and don't sue us, Bill Maher. Okay, real quick before I forget here, I got one last thing. So, um. Tom Werner and Roseanne Barr just released a statement uh, which says they're going to allow Werner Entertainment to produce a spinoff of the Roseanne series for ABC without Barr's further creative or financial participation. Uh, Roseanne Barr said, I regret the circumstances that have caused me to be removed from Roseanne. I agreed to the settlement in order that 200 jobs of beloved cast and crew members be saved, and I wish the best for everyone involved, said Barr. Werner added, we are grateful to have this reach this agreement to keep our team working as we continue to explore the stories of the Connor family. So they canceled Roseanne, but they're basically bringing it back without Roseanne and changing the title. Are we happy with this? I am really intrigued as to how they're going to, uh, do that. I'm I'll I'm gonna watch the premiere of next of that show next season. I'd be okay if Roseanne had died, as long as we don't find out in the last episode that Dan was like writing a story where she died but she was really alive. <laughs> like a reverse of the reverse final of last season. season. <laughs> yeah. Of the previous final season. Well the the last season or that one season of the reboot, it ends with her uh, clearly having a pretty bad addiction to pills. So I could see her dying from a pill overdose. I could see her getting like sent off to like rehab. I could rehab? see her going to jail. I could see a lot of things like, and I know that the crew, the writing team, the people that are, that, that write it are not, afraid to shy away from like doing something like throwing Roseanne in prison and then just not the show's not about her anymore. So she's just gone, you know, or even getting letters from her occasionally, but not ever having her like physically, you never hear her have to hear her voice or, or anything. I mean, it'd be easier to just kill her because then you can just go forward, you know, but except for you have to have 
most of a season where you keep referring back to it, right? Like they just... have to get over her being gone for sure. Yeah. But that could be an interesting way of like addressing, well, we had this woman in our lives that was complicated and she wasn't always perfect and she what made a lot she got, of bad decisions. What if they found out she got killed at a clan rally? <laughs> oh, it'll <laughs> like be just, super interesting. See, like slip it into her the ribs possibilities are endless and I'm just curious as to what they're going to go with. I'm yeah. going to tune in. I probably won't tune in because then I would feel like I'd have to watch the last season and that would be very problematic for me. I enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Yeah. Lori Metcalf is great. John Goodman was great. The kids were good. <laughs> like, I forget on other names, but they were good. Darlene. I mean, I know the, the uh, Becky Sarah and Darlene. Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert. She's great. Yeah. And then the other lady that is Becky. She's really good too. Yeah. I don't remember who that is, but she didn't really do anything other than Roseanne. Not really. No, no. Well, there was, there was a couple of different Beckys over the course of the show though, wasn't there? (laughs) There were two. Sarah Chalk played her for like a season or two. And then she came back and played Becky, um, for the rest of the original run. And then, so she was like a fill-in for a couple of seasons or something. Like two seasons, she just like... And then she came, then Sarah Chalk came back in the new season as like a special guest character. She played somebody else, and they were dropping all these references to her presence. Like them sharing scenes together when they're supposed to be the same person. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Well, we should probably go because my dog is going to make sure to... Uh destroy the podcast before it's totally done so mirror destroyer of podcasts all right so take it easy bye mira you better respect that outro Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.